1: The first permanent United Nations Security Council to be suspended from the group. Meanwhile, Israel's coalition government has lost its majority. as an even split now. What does this all mean for the situation in Ukraine and for one of our closest allies? Uh, joining us, as always, Amos Giora, professor at the University of Utah's S.J. Quinney College of Law. Uh, his expertise is wide ranging but includes counterterrorism, criminal law, international law, and national security. Uh, professor, thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Uh, let's, let's start with uh, Russia and uh, the U.N. General Assembly voting. The, the vote uh, was uh, 93 to 24, and then you had 58 uh, countries abstaining. Uh, those against, of course, uh, include, included some of the obvious, Belarus, China, Iran, Russia, and Syria. Uh, what does this mean? Is this mostly symbolic, or does this uh, have any kind of bite to it?
0: Symbolic at best, meaningless in reality.
1: And so as you as you look at that, uh, what are the things that uh, are going to well, what would you like to see from the U.N. as it relates uh, to Russia and, and what they're doing in Ukraine?
0: The U.N. as long as the Security Council is predicated on one of the five permanent members having the veto right has in actuality zero impact, zero effect. And it really shows highlights, if you will, the need, which I think will not happen, but to have a fundamental restructuring of the UN. As long as the five permanent members each have um, the veto power, then there's no way that um, anything can happen. Um, And so therefore, what we need is to have a restructuring. Um, absent that, I don't
1: think that, that this will have any impact whatsoever. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad you raised that. I've been wanting to ask you this, Professor, as it relates to the U.N., uh, because of that structure, because of those five permanent members having veto power, is, is it time, everyone keeps saying, well, you know, we need to have Ukraine, uh, you know, as part of this group or that group. Is, is it time to just look at all of that in a little different way, given the, the current state of the world?
0: The answer is yes, but I think in the context of the present reality, um, you know, Russia is Russia, Russia is one of the five permanent members, and therefore I, I genuinely believe that any U.N. effort is meaningless. But, you know, I need to add, with respect to the U.N. Human Rights Council, you know, I know we're going to morph into Israel, but you know, Boyd, I have no hair, but I wear two hats. Because the, the U.N. Human Rights Council is, an, is a body that has, um, wearing a, an Israeli hat, zero integrity uh, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for this organization that has zero integrity to begin with, to now cast this vote, um, that's why I told you, it's meaningless at best and, and zero practicality at worst, I don't yeah. know which is worse?
1: Yeah. And that's and especially you start throwing you start throwing China in there as well in terms of a lot of those human rights abuses. Uh, and it does seem uh, really complicated to get to anything that actually is is of substance there. Uh, but let's let's shift to the substance uh, in Israel and some of the changes over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours in terms of the balance of power uh, there. Give us a, an update. And what does that mean for U.S.-Israeli relation?
0: I think the best way to respond to it. So, first of all, at the moment, um, the Prime Minister Bennett had a one-seat majority, was 61-59. We have a hundred twenty-member Parliament. Knesset. At the moment, it's sixty-sixty, which means that critical laws, like our the budget, can't be passed next year. The question is whether or not Bennett can hold on to the sixty. There's one, if not two members of his own party who are wavering, who are one in particular who's threatening to go um join the opposition. Does that mean we'll have uh, elections again, take care take care take government, which we've had before? You know, your guess is as good as mine and literally as we're speaking, I just literally just saw now that there's an ongoing terrorist attack in Israel. Um In Tel Aviv, and so it really heightens the pressure on on Bennett to um, demonstrate that he's in control with Netanyahu, you know, quote-unquote, breathing down his neck. In terms of Israel and America, I don't think this really makes much of a change, um, because I think what's really on the table with respect to Israel and America, most pressing is Iran, Uh, And how does the Russia-Ukraine issue impact the Iranian deal? I think in many ways, if you ask me from an American perspective or from the perspective of the Biden administration, anything that's not Russia-Ukraine, I don't know what's behind the backseat. Whoever is behind the backseat, that's where I think everything else on the geopolitical map at the moment is irrelevant with one small example, which of course not small, small um, exception, and that would be China. But I really think that the Middle East at the moment, if I'm President Biden and his advisors, um, the extraordinarily complex political reality of Israel is, I assume, pretty much the last thing on, on, on their mind considering that they have to figure out what to do with, with Putin, which strikes me as, as far more pressing than anything else at the moment. Full stop. Putting on my Israeli hat, um, you know, the events of the last two days—I confess—caught me totally by surprise. Yeah, and unhappily, and I add, you know, unhappily so.
1: <laughs> right, right, uh, and uh, we we have noticed that uptick in uh, terrorist activity, uh, and some some have said, well, the things usually tend to. To go up a little bit as it gets closer to uh, kind of that uh, sequence of holy days that uh, take place, uh, including Ramadan and, sure, Easter that and Ramadan. All of that.
0: Ramadan, exactly. I mean, there really is a confluence, right? There's Ramadan this week. There's um, Passover next Friday. There's Good um, Good Friday, Easter. What troubling on, on some level um, is that the terrorist attack. I don't know about the one that's literally ongoing, the live attack. As we speak, the one, if not two, terrorist attacks from last week. One has to be very careful here. Was the, the problematic one was done by an Israeli, by a Bedouin who you know, lives in Israel. He seems to have been motivated by ISIS. What exactly does that mean? To be motivated by ISIS is unclear. But that it's not Hamas-driven. It's not obviously not Palestinian Authority-driven anyway, or PLO-driven. The fact that ISIS seems to have had some, I want to be really careful with the words, some impact, some small, on the Israeli Arabs, that, um, I think if I were, you know, the Israeli security community, that's something that I would find worrisome.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. As an Israeli. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to continue to keep our eye close on that, especially as we go through this uh, coming week or two. And, uh, Amos, we always appreciate your perspective and all of your hats, uh, hair or not. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll take all of those hats and all of your insight. You, you help us keep it all straight. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll have you back real soon. Thanks
0: for having me, as
1: always. All right. Bye. All right. That's uh, Professor Amos Giora, professor at the University of Utah's S.J. Quinney College of Law. And he does have such great perspective into so many things in terms of national security, international law, counterterrorism, uh, and always appreciate his perspective. Uh, glad we have him in uh, Salt Lake today and appreciate his insight on all of those things. We'll go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. Now, how will future Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson rule when she actually takes her seat on the Supreme Court? Thomas Berry from the Cato Institute says she might surprise you. We'll talk about that coming up next. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
0: Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do.
1: When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent.
0: It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it.
1: Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.